Today's the day where I get to talk to the people who are interested in doing a remodel a lot like my own, a doable, DIYable remodel. You'll probably plan to get yours started and finished a little faster than I have, or maybe not. In any case, I challenge you to enjoy the home update process more than I have. I've been loving it, so that should be a real stretch. Hey there, welcome back to Mid-Mod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to Season 3, Episode 12. Man, this COVID season has been going on for a while, huh? I'm really excited about today's topic because I think this gets to one of the most unusual aspects of the little niche I've carved out for myself as a residential architect. I love to help people who are planning to take on a remodel just like mine, one they're undertaking primarily on their own. I've spoken before about dividing up the spectrum of intensity in home remodels into three levels, each of which has plenty of merit on its own. For those of you who might not have encountered this idea from me before, here's the short, short version. Level one is something you can easily DIY in an afternoon or a weekend. It often amounts to hunting down a cool product, purchasing it, and attaching it to your house. You don't need special tools or skills to get this done. Sometimes a level one update is something you do right away and plan to come back again to later. Like painting a kitchen wall of favorite color during move-in week, even when you plan to demo and totally redo it later. Level two is what I think of as a very involved DIY update, although it can also be farmed out to a competent handyman. You're not going to make dramatic, transformative changes to the whole house at once. You're likely not changing the overall layout or building a major addition. You may get pretty involved in specific areas. This is great for people who have or want power tool skills, and it's often broken down into multiple phases over seasons or years, depending on your time and budget. Level three remodels are big changes. On a room scale, it would be a full gut remodel or perhaps a brand new space, an addition. At a whole house scale, it might mean fully flipping the layout of the house, moving a kitchen from front to back or vice versa. It could involve an addition. It's certainly something you hire a crew of contractors to execute for you rather than take on yourself. I've talked about these levels on the podcast before several times and on my blog with examples applying them to how you might approach updating an MCM front door or overhauling your living room. I'll link to those in the show notes. Within the Ready to Remodel course, which I offer to aspiring home remodel planners like yourself, I like to use the three-level model for each of the parts of the mid-century home that I discuss. So I talk about those levels in detail as I get into everything from how to plan your entry, to your kitchen and bathroom, to a back deck or patio. Check out Season 1, Episode 6 on scaling and phasing your remodel plans, and Season 3, Episode 6 on basement updates for more about these three levels if you're interested. By the way, I'll be talking more in detail about each of the three levels of remodeling, how a level two might be just the ticket to fit your remodeling aspirations in the new normal of our post-COVID world, and generally how to adapt all your home update plans for changing times this Sunday and Monday in a free masterclass, How to Remodel Right Now, Retrofit Your Priorities for the New Normal. At the end of the masterclass, you'll know why now really is the time to tackle your home update, even if you don't feel quite ready or know quite where to start yet. How the time you spend with your family during COVID stay-home time has already shown you exactly what your remodeling priorities should be, and where to look in your home for the extra space that you can turn into much-needed elbow room, so you can plan a renovation that fits your budget as well as your life. Sound interesting? Sign up for your spot at midmod-midwest.com slash newnormal, or find a link in today's show notes. Those notes, with the links I reference and a handy summary of everything I'm about to say to you, are on my website at midmod-midwest.com slash 312. 
There's a reason I chose a specific focus on this type of remodeling for a slot towards the end of this COVID-themed season of the Mid-Mod Remodel podcast. Back in the first days of the pandemic, when the first stay-home orders came out, I started the podcast off again, sharing advice for how people could come up with fun and manageable DIY projects, tweaking their space as needed to fit the home they lived in to their suddenly changed lives. If you grabbed a copy of my Nooks download, you know that it was all about rearranging furniture, working with things you have around the house, and making do with minimal contact from the outside world. That's still a great way to spend your time. But let's be clear, we are looking at the long term of COVID now. You've had plenty of time to consider how closely your house is or isn't meeting your family's needs, and some of the changes you've been dreaming about are more than a lightweight weekend DIY. It's never been clearer that your family needs a home you can live in and love that will support your daily life. So there are some new challenges tacked onto the process of making changes to your house, but I don't want you to lose hope that you can make those changes that you need, and that's where the level two remodel comes in. How can we go about making the most of a home remodel regardless of the new constraints that may be limiting our circumstances? You might need to adjust your plans, tweak the timing, adjust the scope, and the budget. Rather than planning a full contractor-led overhaul to happen all at once this year, you might choose to refocus your plans on a doable, DIYable, phased remodel. There are a few key things to keep in mind when planning this style of remodel for your home. First, you want to make sure you're up for the job. With the help of YouTube and careful planning, there isn't much that a dedicated home remodeler can't figure out on their own these days, so I encourage you to be bold. But at the same time, if you've literally never operated a power tool on your own, you'll want to plan for a different home improvement project than if you've comfortably taken on tasks like this for years. At the very least, factor in your expected comfort level with the things you want to take on as you estimate the time your remodel should take. In essence, be realistic about your skill level, time, and budget as you plan how you'll bring your master plan to fruition. Are there parts of the project you can do entirely on your own, or do you need a family member? At what stages do you need to call in a family member or friend that you can keep on speed dial or co-bubble with to streamline your project? Don't forget that you'll need to figure out how to compensate them. They might work for beer, for the promise of your help later, or just for the love of the game. Next, have and keep a strong vision for the project. When you're planning a remodel over an extended multi-phase project like this, having a master plan in mind from the start is paramount. I do not recommend just starting somewhere and projecting your way around the house one room or corner at a time. You'll inevitably overlook something and invest your time and energy in an early project that has to be redone or just regretted over time. Take the time to scope out the whole project and go through a real design process first. If you're not sure where to start, last week's episode is just for you. Grab the free download, which has a 10-stop roadmap through the remodel planning process, and you'll end up with a list of projects that are calculated to give you the most satisfaction for your effort. Set up your set list with care. When you're DIYing your whole remodel, you don't want to demolish everything in the house and start from scratch. You want to identify a first project, make a mess there, clean it up, and put a bow on it, then move on. You can choose to go from easiest to hardest, from the most necessary space in the house to the least, or vary your projects according to some other scheme. Certainly make sure you set your exterior projects for spring and fall rather than either the dead of winter or the heat wave month in your home state. You also want to work across the house in a way that leaves completed spaces alone once they're done. For example, I made sure to finish the plumbing work in my upstairs bathroom before I put fresh drywall into the basement ceiling so that there was no possibility of a construction mishap messing up my pretty basement rooms. 
It's a great idea to try out a tricky task, like installing cabinets somewhere out of the way. I put in my basement bar sink first, before you install your whole new kitchen. But this plan can be taken too far, and from personal experience, I would recommend you do one thing I didn't. I'm a reasonably competent home remodeler, but I've certainly been gaining skills and confidence over time. I intentionally decided to save updating my kitchen until almost last, because I know it will be complex undertaking and I want to get it right. But that also means I've been in the house for years, and I'm still half-heartedly using a space that doesn't work very well. It's still painted a toothpaste green color I actively hate, and it's so poorly lit that it's hard to see what I'm doing in the evenings. I've been a frog boiling in water for so long that I'm used to it. And really, I know it's fine, but if I were to start over again from the beginning, I would start by repainting it right off the bat. With those few things in mind, you're all set to plan a DIY remodel of your own. Here are just a few reasons why I love the Level 2 remodel and chose one for my own home long before we got into this current situation. First, it's flexible. You can match it to your skill level, your available time, and your budget. You can master plan it all right now and then carry it out over time. You set the priorities and the pace. Two, it's extra satisfying. You can take more pride in the changes you made to your home knowing that you took them on yourself. It's particularly good, I think, for a Midwestern wired brain. When your neighbors stop on the sidewalk to compliment you on the changes, you can awe shucks them by saying, it's just how you keep yourself out of trouble. Three, it's a real change of pace. For those of us with white collar desk jobs, remodeling your own home can feel like a throwback to summers spent helping your parents on their place, or if you didn't grow up in a handy household, be a totally new skill set to learn. You could learn a language, pick up an instrument, or teach yourself how to use every power tool in Home Depot, one YouTube video at a time. Four, it's cost effective. Basically, when you make home remodeling your hobby, you save on gym fees and other people's labor costs at the same time. By waiving the cost of someone else's hours, you dramatically cut down on the overall price tag of your remodel. Even if you adopt a hybrid approach, taking on the low-skilled demolition or cleanup duties while hiring out the skilled subcontractor work, you still save money that you can keep in the bank or apply to fun material choices later. And five, it gives you ultimate control. Within the boundaries of your aforementioned skill set, of course. You decide what to do and when. No one will saddle you with their standard or default design choices for your home. No one will set the pace other than yourself. So speaking of design, I think of Level 2 as the overlooked middle child of home remodeling, especially from a designer's perspective. Here's what I mean. Pinterest is filled with design ideas for Level 1 updates to your house. Small, individual DIY projects making for great satisfaction. You can instantly find a host of blog posts and even books filled with small, one-off ideas for how to make your own colorful throw pillows, replace a mailbox, or transform a room in a day with thoughtful tweaks. I love that approach. It's instant gratification in design, and it's great. Likewise, there's a pretty clear understanding of the value of design for a Level 3 remodel. Most people think of architects as providing help only to homeowners who want to undertake more comprehensive remodels. We assume that hiring an architect means overhauling your whole house, probably in one go. You hire out the design, you hire out the work. Top to bottom changes to your home and a whole new house. But where does that leave the enthusiastic DIYers? I think most people assume they're on their own design-wise. Which is odd, because books for people planning a remodel on their own certainly assume that an amateur cabinet installer will also be an amateur designer, but they do expect you to seek out expert advice for parts of the project like concrete work, plumbing, or electrical. 
Certainly, some home remodelers are very gifted in design, but many are not, and that's okay. There should still be design assistance available to you, just like you can call an electrician to do the wiring before you hang your own drywall. But one more reason why I love a level 2 DIY remodel is that you can't completely skip design no matter what you do. When you don't delegate the construction to someone else, you can't accidentally delegate the design to them either. You will make your own choices about the layout, the light fixture, the paint colors, the wood, trim, etc. This is so good, because even asking yourself the question is more than a lot of people do when they hire out their remodeling work. Remember how I said that people understand that working with an architect means a level 3 remodel? They don't seem to think that the reverse is true. Everyone assumes you can hire someone to do your remodel for you, but skip right over design as a step in the process. And here's the thing. Design should always come before construction, regardless of how involved your process is. It's astonishing how many people don't get this. It's not anyone's fault. It's just a common and yet fundamental misunderstanding of how you, the owner, should have agency in the building process from design right through construction at every scale regardless of who's wielding the hammer. Here's a fresh anecdote from an exchange I just had with one of my fellow mid-century-oriented designers on Instagram, Aileen Walters, of Exactly Designs. She's based in Michigan, and her work was recently featured in the Atomic Ranch Remodeling Issue. Pretty cool. Anyway, earlier this week, she posted on Instagram about a new project he's excited to take on. In the same post, she lamented the story of a family that came to her with their brand-new contractor-overhauled house. They asked her to show them how to add some life and color to the project after the fact. By the way, though, they had some concerns about the choices the contractor had made for them during remodeling. Here's how she put it. They remarked that they weren't crazy about the bathroom tile choices the builder had made, nor confident that they chose the best light fixtures. But they had a neutral background for me to make more interesting. Oh, man. This family hired a contractor and basically let him design the house of his dreams for them or maybe just the house of his dream budget? Make no mistake, design took place. Choices were made. They were just made by a contractor who was probably selected on the basis of his skill as a handyman and a manager and or an amenable price, not because he had any designer's qualifications or any similarity in style and design preferences with the homeowners. It didn't even occur to them that things like the bathroom tile and the light fixtures are design decisions, which should have been made by them or someone they chose specifically as a designer, like Aelin, before construction, or in the worst case scenario, during construction, and that they weren't some inevitable fait accompli that they were required to accept based on their contractor's preference. The moral of the story isn't that the contractor was the bad guy or even the wrong guy for the job, just that they skipped right over the part of remodeling their house that would have made it theirs from day one. This is something that can't happen with a level two remodel, because at baseline, when you do it, you'll be making your own choices about what you want the finished house to look like. If that seems stressful, I and other designers are here to offer advice to you, just as we do for people who want to eventually hire contractors to do their level three style remodel. The slower pace... Yes, a slow pace is inevitable in a DIY remodel. We'll also give you time to think about interesting design twists to add into your work as you go. There's no danger of coming to check out the job site one day and realizing that, oops, the contractor had already installed an ugly light fixture throughout the house, and it's too late or too expensive to take them back out. You'll plan them. You'll pick them. You'll install the first one and probably second-guess yourself. Then you'll confirm with your friends and family that you're going in the right direction, and ultimately, you'll have all the light fixtures and tile you love in your new house. 
I find that as I've planned and executed my own remodel, I both adhere to the planned and advanced master plan I made several years ago and reevaluate my choices on the fly as I get into each sub-project of the house. I think of this as making the whole house better with each tweak. Working on my own remodel and working with other mid-century homeowners who've been seeking out my advice before planning their own level two remodels has been a complete joy to me. It feels like a dramatic departure from the design work I had done in my career up to this point. While I'm proud of each of the boutique projects I took on in the past, the whole idea behind Mid-Mod Midwest is to make design more accessible to garden-variety mid-century homeowners like you and me. It's been so delightful to watch that happen. And it feels like a real validation of the work because it still goes on. I'm busier than ever helping homeowners plan for just this kind of project, even during the crazy times we're living through now. I'm glad you're along for the ride with me, friend. Speaking of the current moment and how it affects our home plans, I hope you'll join me for my upcoming free masterclass where we discuss in detail what's changed and what's the same in terms of the challenges for planning a remodel for your home. What do we make of this new normal as home remodel planners? I don't think we can yet predict all of the ways that our lives and houses will be affected by the fallout of COVID-19, but we know that they will. So it's up to us as home planners making changes for the better and for the long term to choose for our houses in ways that will meet this new normal head on. Sign up and save your seat for the free masterclass at midmod-midwest.com slash new normal. Here's one more exciting thing. Next week, I'm going to be having my first ever podcast interview with George Smart also known as Mr. Modernism. If you don't know his name, he's the founder of U.S. Modernist Organization and host of the U.S. Modernist Radio podcast. Dwell Magazine called George the Lorax of Modernist Houses. We'll be chatting about the modernist home he lives in, his work documenting and boosting modernist design, and how he hosts the largest open digital archive for residential mid-century modernist architecture in the world. You should check it out. I'm so excited to share this interview with him next week on the Mid-Mod Remodel podcast. So, if you've been on track to take on a doable DIY remodel for your mid-century home in the near future, I hope I've managed to bolster your confidence and boost your energy level. If you're thinking bigger or smaller, carry it right along. You're doing great work too, and I'll have more for everyone interested in every aspect of Mid-Mod design in the weeks to come. As always, you'll find links and show notes at midmod-midwest.com slash 312, where you can also sign yourself up to join the masterclass. They'll be starting Sunday. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll help new listeners find the show by adding a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. All right, my fellow DIY remodelers, this one was for you. Everyone else, stay tuned for next week. Thank you.